Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the B-Side Boys Podcast. An Iowa Rugby Podcast. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, now you do! With your host, Mr. Gray. <laughs> Big meaty man slapping me. <laughs> and Billy V. I am untethered and my rage knows no bounds! Brought to you by Rotor Epoxy. This is the adult tour, which means you can drink if you want, and we can say whatever the hell we want. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> This episode of the B-Side Boys is brought to you by Rotor Epoxy. New year, new floors. If you have a garage that needs to get done, a shed, a little bar, whatever, patio. Locker room. Locker room, all sorts of different stuff. Floor. Get a hold of Rotor Epoxy. They're going to get it taken care of for you. It's going to look beautiful. Everybody's going to be super impressed by it whenever they come over and check it out. You spill anything, you're going to be able to clean it up nice and easy. And it looks great. And... Great price, great people, great service. I mean, just can't speak highly enough about them. They're just, they're the best. So that's why you need to get a hold of Rotor Epoxy. Go to their Facebook page, look them up online. R-O-D-E-R, Epoxy. Tell them the B-Side Boys sent you. Yes, please. Yeah, that's really important. Now, here's the show. Happy Monday. Hey, Mondays. I hate Mondays. I know. (laughs) I actually like it because whenever um, I'm like trying a new workout plan or a new diet and then I mess it up and I'm like, oh, I'll just start over on Monday. So like if I mess <laughs> up on Tuesday, I'm like, ah, I better just wait till next Monday. And then people like you and then uh, Abby, my CrossFit coach and other people are like, why do you wait six days to start over? I'm like, because it's Monday. You got to start on a Monday. Also, I hate people who say Sunday is the first day of the week. It's Monday. I also hate that. Like, why do they make calendars that start on Sunday? It's the end of the week. It's part of the weekend. Yeah. Why do they make calendars starts on Sunday and ends on Saturday? No. It's literally called weekend. Yeah. The end. And (laughs) the Sunday scaries, that's a real thing. And Yeah, I get those all the time. I saw a good tweet. It said, Sunday scaries are such a real thing that HBO identified it and has made a monopoly on it by creating like blockbuster shows and sad and scary, intense. And they're like feeding off people who are like, I have Sunday scaries. And it's like, dude, all their best shows are on Sundays. Their prime slot has always been Sunday night. Every time Barry is always on, like whenever their seasons drop, Game of Thrones is always on Sundays. Last of Us is on Sundays. Like Uh, back in the day, Sopranos. Sopranos, yeah. Sex and the City. Boo. Girls. I have a wife. Sometimes we watch other shows. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But there's a lot of other things going on, too. I mean, we have uh, Six Nations. We're going to talk about that at mm-hmm. the end of the show. Uh, we have a fun interview for uh, some news from someone from the NCR who moved to Wisconsin. Uh, some really cool information there. And I told him, I'm like, hey, we're going to have you on and we're going to steal all the things you're doing that are cool and bring them to Iowa. <laughs> it's like, hey, that's that's what yeah, it is. That's you know? what it is. And uh, yeah, also too, it's official. We've talked about it over and over and over. If you want to go on April 23rd to the Chicago Hounds hosting NOLA Gold MLR Major League Rugby at SeatGeek Stadium in Chicago, tickets are on sale now. You can buy the discounted group rate. On the Fox Valley Maori's website, you can mm-hmm. go to our Facebook, find the link. $25 for a ticket, and you're sitting with rugby people. We want people from all over the state to come to this. It doesn't matter if you're in high school, college, club, men's, women's. If you're playing or not playing that Saturday. Yeah, if, you just, whatever. if you're just a fan of rugby, or if you have a match on Saturday. This is a Sunday 1 p.m. game. Also, we're going to have a shuttle charter that goes from St. Charles takes us to the game about an hour away 
Then we're going to tailgate. It's going to be an awesome tailgate. Those Fox Valley guys are going to really put something special on. We all go into the stadium together. We watch the game. Shuttle takes us back to our cars, and you do whatever you want after. Mm -hmm. Or you can just drive straight to the game. Again, $25 just for a single ticket, $50 for shuttle and the ticket. It's a great value. And again, we we want to make this series with Fox Valley a yearly thing. And, you know, the Chicago weekend, the rugby I weekend. Was say, the potential of it being just like USA Eagles, Soldier Field action. Mm -hmm. You can make it very, very close to that. That's what we want it to be. We want to be like all of our friends that we know. And we're talking with Fox Valley about, we haven't even done this yet. And we're talking about, could this be a tournament in the future? Could How could we get more teams involved? And, and we looked into it this year, but just to get it started. Mm -hmm. We just started with the Wombats and Fox Valley. They were... I've been wanting to do this for years because I knew a Chicago team was coming and I knew like whatever team I'm on, I want to be there. I mm. want, I want something that takes us there. And I think it's more meaningful too. If, if it's a bunch of us together, instead of just like, Hey, I'm going to go to this game. I'm going to go to this game. If we're going to make one effort to Chicago, you know, no one from Iowa is going to go to every single Chicago home mm. match. Let's all get together and pick one and make it a thing. And so we want to make this a yearly thing. We want this first year to be awesome. Uh, who knows what the future holds, but it all starts with this one. Uh, predictions, thoughts, what are you looking forward to about it, Phil? Well, they get to play Nola during that match, so get to see Ani play will be really, really cool. Mm -hmm. And Mason Cook from yeah. Iowa yeah. City yeah. is playing for the Hounds. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of connections all over the board. So How could I forget about Mason? Shit. Yeah, I know. He's a hooker, too, and he's got the big old mustache. Yeah. It's awesome. Beautiful. No, it, it's going to be a good time. And and then we'll also be in Nashville. You want to join us for that? Tag along. We're we're figuring out hotels and travel now because we've got about 25 to 30 guys interested. Mm. But we can always use more because yeah. other teams are always looking for players. So because there's a lot of teams there that will only have 16, 17 guys. It's not always a full roster. Mm -hmm. So even if we do have a completely full roster, there are definitely other teams to whore on to for sure. Yeah. And it is so much fun. I'm I've never so been. excited, dude. And the Nashville chicken, like Nashville hot chicken, ugh, it is so good. Wait, you I mean ate all the, so much hot chicken when I was there last year. You mean all the imitations around here in Des Moines yeah, don't I, do it justice? No, not at all. <laughs> Gusto <laughs> no Pizza way. used to have a Nashville hot chicken pizza, yeah. and it was just like chicken nuggets. I mean, it was like chicken nuggets, and they put hot sauce I on it. I did see, though, they have a purdy pizza, though. That's yeah. kind of cool. ESPN covered it. I don't want to, you know. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, Buffalo cool. sauce, barbecue yeah. sauce, and coleslaw, and that's the com. A, that's, the com a, that's a winning combination. Yeah, the comments were pretty funny because people are like, oh, "Buffalo sauce and barbecue, ew!" And it's like, "Okay, <laughs> order your cheese pizza. Shut up!" Yeah, like, right? God. <laughs> now, uh, two more things about Nashville. Uh, number one, for at least one game, I want to do that idea where we put numbers in a hat yeah. and we draw from a hat. And like, if we look at our pool and we see a team and we're like that's the team we're going to do it against. Like we're there for fun. You know, it's not like we want to come back. Like if we win every game, cool. If we lose every game, who cares? We have an experience. Number one, like me and Ridgeway, we were talking, who knows how many minutes we'll actually play. We want young guys to really, you know, experience rugby. It's more like I'm going for Nashville. And if you need me, I'm there. Mm. Um, and then also too, like that just seems fun to play out of position. Oh, but yeah. watch, like I'll pull a three and be like, oh, that's that's already where I am. <laughs> Dude, I really, I really hope like somebody like Lee does it and draws like one, two or three. Front row. <laughs> well, any, any backline player gets a front row. Oh, I, I God, mean, I hope so. <laughs> if someone's under 180 pounds, maybe we'll pull them out for safety, but put them at lock yeah. and maybe we'll let the other team know like, Hey, we're doing this. So they're not like, you know, jerks. Second thing, rumor alert. Ooh. It's not confirmed yet. Rumors. Saturday night when we're in Nashville, Alec Lang may have a concert. So that'd be amazing. Uh, University of Northern Iowa, Panther, alumni, moved to Nashville for a uh, music career. I wonder if it would be on Broadway or if it would be at a different bar because I'm not going to lie. I can only do one night at Broadway. <laughs> I'm not doing multiple nights at Broadway again. Well, it's not booked yet, but he's working on okay, it. Okay, cool. <laughs> so he's working on something. So join us, Chicago, Nashville, all that stuff. Uh, again, Sunday nights, you might be thinking, hey, football. No football this weekend, except for the fact that they had the Pro Bowl. Mm -hmm. Really weird stuff this year. And the reason why I bring this up 
So the Pro Bowl used to be an actual football game. Yep. But then they realized players were opting out of it and the viewership was terrible. There's no stakes. And guys are realizing, like, why am I putting my buddy on the line for no extra money, no extra whatever? So this year they decided, oh, hey, we're gonna we're gonna play mini games. We're gonna we're gonna do a bunch of little things. So instead of having an actual tackle football game with the league's best players, on Thursday they had dodgeball. Then they had a thing called the lightning round where they caught a ball from a jugs machine. Uh, this is, I don't care too long. Uh, then they had longest drive. Players were hitting a golf ball off of a tee. Hmm. Then they had a precision passing game presented by EA Sports, Madden, NFL 23 Mobile. They had best catch presented by Uber Eats. And then today <laughs> they had best catch presented by Uber Eats, the finale. Then they had a thing called the Gridiron Gauntlet. It was a side-by-side relay race showcasing strength and speed and agility. Uh, Miles Garrett injured his toe during it, and he went off because he's like, this is stupid. I hurt my toe for, for over nothing. Who cares? Like, I don't know. It's just kind of goofy. Then they had a kick-tack-toe. Teams kickers, punters, and long snapper competed in tic-tac-toe, but instead of picking where the X's and O's went, they actually had to kick it and land in the square. Mm-hmm. Uh, move the chains. Uh, they basically had a, I don't know, tug of war, stupid. And then they played a flag football game and Twitter is blowing them up. People don't care. They think it's stupid. Cause it's like, here's pro athletes. We watch them cause they're pros. And now we're watching them play dodgeball in a driving range, which I don't know. NFL sells They're I mean, they're trying, but mm-hmm. it's still stupid. Yeah, I agree. It seems really goofy, especially because there's no incentive. You know, I just mm-hmm. the game's like it's a diff, it's a different touch on it, but there's still potential for these guys to get hurt and risk potentially losing out on money or you know next season. Like, right? Yeah, it seems seems goofy, right? And so I had an idea. Uh, the B Side Boys account tweeted out: the NFL Pro Bowl games need to include sevens touch rugby. Really see what these guys can do, and then. We got a reply. Our Twitter is, I mean, we're active, but hey, follow us on Twitter. You know, maybe you'll be number 35. (laughs) But anyways, it was interesting to see because Tim Stanfill, uh, he's a coach in the PR7, and he's played very high-level rugby. Uh, He said, these are two completely different sports. Don't see the relevance. I don't think he understood that they were playing mini games and stupid little games. Mm. Um, And I'm not, and I know a lot of rugby people are like, if we just put pro football players into rugby, they wouldn't be successful immediately. It's like, yeah, no, like, I agree with that. Mm. They need time to learn the game, understand the nuances, but their athleticism is better than most professional rugby players. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a fair assessment. But but their skill sets are very um, small. Yeah. You know, running back runs and breaks tackles. They don't have to worry about tackling, mm. uh, you know. Quarterback only throws. They can only do so much. You know, kicker, kick. rugby player, you need to do everything, mm-hmm. right? So there is some gatekeeping there where people are like, no, football players shouldn't come over to rugby because we're rugby players and we don't want them to take our spots. I don't know if he was doing that because um, I think that's kind of stupid. And my whole thing was like, we need more eyeballs on the sport. So why not just play a game of touch rugby? And I said, too. I, I let him know that, you know, at the Pro Bowl this year, instead of playing tackle football, since the game has turned into a joke slash boring, they're playing mini games, flag football, dodgeball, kick tac toe, longest golf drive relay race, wade wall, pole, and more. Would be fun to see these guys try rugby. And in the history of all time, first time ever, I won an argument on Twitter. <laughs> because he replied, not a bad idea. <laughs> they always say you can never change somebody's mind on the internet. I did. I think he was just being nice, or he was done with the conversation. Yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> no, it is a good idea, though. I think it'd be way more exciting to watch them do a seven like touch match instead of playing fucking all these random little you know games. Yeah, I, it just I, be I, a little more exciting. I understand the NFL, though. I mean, they don't want people to leave their sport for another sport or like be another sport. So that's why it's like, hey, we're gonna play catch. Hey, we're going to do an obstacle course. Hey, we're, and it's like, you see your favorite players and they're all joking around and, and people love the, the reality of that. Like yep. seeing guys mix around. 
But then the actual com- competition of it, these guys don't care. Mm. You want to see them play football. And to go from 19 or 18 great weeks of football and then, yeah. you know, okay, we're ready for the Super Bowl. So Phil and I, what we are going to do, instead of the Pro Bowl and all these mini games, we are actually going to take a look at the Pro Bowl rosters and we are going to draft who our sevens team would be. We're going to draft 12 guys, each have a team. We want to know whose team would beat whose team. My team versus <laughs> Phil's team. We're going to draft them. You can pick from AFC or NFC. They're going to play sevens. They're going to tackle. It's going to be awesome. All right. So here we go. Phil, you're up first. All right. With my first pick, I'm going to have to go with Nick Chubb, from running back from the Browns. What, Dude is an absolute tank. What position? Center. So we'll put him at six. Yeah. Nick Chubb. Yeah. That's. I mean, he squatted. Did you see him squat 605 for like three reps with a fucking tsunami bar? The dude's powerful. So I'm going to match you at my center position. I'm doing Saquon, Saquon Barkley. Okay. Saquon Barkley for the same reason. The dude's quads are insane. I want to put a ball in his hands and just watch him go. Now, they both might be defensive liabilities, mm. but just the power is going to be insane. Oh, yeah, 100%. So here's my question. Are we going serpentine where you pick and then I pick two, then you pick two? Or are we going, like, you know, I guess it's not that enough. You go. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, my second pick would probably be Tyree Kill. Let's stick him at wing. Tyree Kill yeah. at your number seven? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, what I'm going to do is probably crazy, but my next player that I'm going to pick is going to be Micah Parsons. And I'm going to put him at, I'm going to put him as a prop. Okay. Interesting choice. Because I mean, he can tackle, but he's also like, he's an athlete. He can move. He's fast. He's crazy. I like that. Yeah, that's good. Yep. Um, for one of my props, not sure what side, but I would probably go with Nick Bosa. Okay, that's the name <laughs> I was kind of looking at. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a big dude, yeah, big tall runner. Shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think for the next pick that I am going to do, so you had Tyreek Hill as your wing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So to match him, to match him. Let me see. I am going to take, uh, actually, ooh, ooh. <laughs> no, no. Okay, I'm going a different direction here. Okay. Wait, am I? Are you? Am I? Uh, what am I doing? Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm going George Kittle. Okay, that was a good one. I was as my on. other prop. Nice. So Micah Parsons and George Kittle are my two props. Okay. Um, I would think next round here, uh, Jalen Hurts as my fly half. Mm. He can move. He's got a good ball. Fly half. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Because what I'm going to do is actually pick my hooker. Ooh, okay. And he's going to be my backside wing. But he also is just a dog. Roquan Smith. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I got... I got two linebackers in the front row. <laughs> Roquan Smith, dude, he's going to be murdering people. Okay? Okay. Um, this next one's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking Miles Garrett is my other prop. Okay. Miles <laughs> Garrett. Okay. That's, yeah. Yeah. You are going with the defense there on your props. Okay. Yep. All right. My, let me see here. My fly half, for my fly half, I'm going to take, he's going to figure out how to pass, Jalen Ramsey. (laughs) Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, dude, he's going to shut you down. Dude, he's so much more athletic than Jalen Hurts. Okay. Hold up. Okay. Your next pick. Uh, As my hooker, (sighs) this one's hard. Mm -hmm. Um. Who's our Derrick Henry at hooker? <laughs> oh my god, how did I miss that? Oh my god. Okay. Okay. We both need scrum halves. I know. I don't really know who to pick for a scrum half. 
You know that what? It's hard. You gotta be you gotta be scrappy, dude. I know. We need someone scrappy here. And you know, I'm thinking someone scrappy, someone who's got a little speed too. Uh someone who just, you know, he's gonna get it done. Yeah. This is my guy. We're going <laughs> Minka Fitzpatrick. Okay. Yeah, from the Steelers. Again, I'm thinking like defensively here, like he's going to figure out that pass. He's athletic. He's going to, yeah, he's going to have some moves here. All right. So you also need a scrum half. I know. And I'm not really sure what to go with here. Um, Just because he's, you know, one of my boys. I think we go with Trayvon Diggs. So I was looking at him. I'm like, I'm not going to pick a cowboy. I'm not going to pick a cowboy. I'm taking Tony Pollard on one of them too, but I'm like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> Anybody can be good behind that offensive line. Uh, yeah. All right. So for my wing to match your Tyreek Hill, I'm going to go with Jamar Chase. Ooh. Yeah. With that That's speed. A good one. Yeah. yeah. All right. So now we get reserves, pretty much whatever you want. Hmm. Okay, so fill out the rest of your roster. Twelve. Uh, definitely gonna throw Justin Jefferson in the loop there. Okay, Justin Jefferson. That's you gotta have fair. speed, man. Speed you gotta have speed. Edge. So with your speed, I'm gonna match you with the most athletic big man. He caught an amazing pass. Uh, offensive tackle from the University of Oregon plays for the Detroit Lions. Nay, Sewell, dude, okay. <laughs> dude's massive. He has to have like a rugby background. Like, I'm putting him in with two minutes left to go in the game, and he's just gonna bulldoze through people as they're tired. Okay, All right, go ahead. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> let's see. You need a big man. Um, go with Creed Humphrey, a center. Yeah, get a big man. Another prop. Those where, guys are going to get tired. Where did he play college football? <laughs> I don't know. Shit. Oklahoma. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to get Derwin James. Safety for the Chargers. I honestly think, now that I'm thinking about it, I might put Derwin James at fly half instead of Jalen Ramsey. But, because Jalen Ramsey, I need to have him locking down on, on the wing, probably. Um, but, yeah, Derwin James, I'm going to throw him in there. Um. Uh, What's the fullback's last name for the 49ers? Cal Music? Yeah, I'll take him. He's an athlete. Okay. That, he's a dog. He is a dog. He's got that dog in him. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I'm going to take with my next pick, Travis Kelsey. Okay. Big just, hard it's, runner. It's just so hard for me with the tight ends and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I think lock. Like, you're a lock. Right. You know? But I do think his speed would be much faster than you realize. No, you know no, what I mean? Well, like, yeah, he's, yeah. he's fast as fuck. Yeah. Hmm. What do I got left here? You got two more picks. Um, I hop on. I don't know. My hop on the tight end train here and go TJ Hawkinson. Get an Iowa boy in there. Okay. Trying to pander to the Iowa crowd. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next one I'm going to pick. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, I'm taking Zadarius Smith from the Vikings linebacker. I mean, I think these linebackers, too, again, like a tight end, you think mm-hmm. like, oh, they're not as fast as like the speed guys. But yeah. yet, Zadarius Smith is probably faster than a lot of sevens players. And then the dude can hit, and I'm guessing he's hard to tackle. Uh, yeah, speaking of that, that's what I'm going to have to throw in my last pick as a linebacker, but Fred Warner. Fred Warner, all right. And my last pick is also going to be a linebacker, but you could call him a defensive end as well. Mm-hmm. Leo Mack. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Philly V's squad. At prop, Nick Bosa. At hook, Derrick Henry. At other prop, Miles Garrett with an injured toe. That doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> at scrum half, Trayvon Diggs. Fly half, Jalen Hurts. Center, Nick Chubb. Wing, Tyreek Hill. And then reserves, Justin Jefferson. Creed Humphrey. Kyle Jusick. TJ Hawkinson and Fred Warner. Then my squad, Mr. Gray's squad, at prop, Micah Parsons, at hook, Roquan Smith, the other prop, George Kittle, at scrum half, Minka Fitzpatrick, 
at fly half, Jalen Ramsey at center, Saquon Barkley at wing, Jamar Chase. And then the subs, Pinay Sewell, Derwin James, Travis Kelsey, Zadarius Smith, and Khalil Mack. So we're going to put these out on our Twitter, Facebook. I'm going to make a little graphic. You can look at it. And then we want you to decide. These squads go head-to-head instead of the Pro Bowl. Who is winning best of sevens playing sevens? I'm going to go with my team. And I'm actually going to I'm going to go with my team. We would sweep you. We'd be done after four games. I don't think so. 4-0. Yeah, say what you would think would happen in a seven-game series. I just I'm just going to throw this out there. I don't think Creed Humphrey as a sub can move as well as my sub the offensive lineman. And then I just think too like I don't know. I got a lot of dogs on my team. Though. Yeah, I got a lot of defensive guys. They're going to tackle you. They're going to swallow you up. I honestly think Jalen Hurts hurts you. Because I don't think he can tackle. Might not. Might not be able to. Yeah. He's shifty. He's fast. He's no, got a good ball. He he is. He's, a, yeah. he's the facilitator. Yeah, he is. But like he's going to be called upon to run and tackle. You know? And I just think, too, when I empty the bench, I got some killers. Do Cleo Mack. Yeah, right. Zadarius Smith, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. Just good luck. I don't know. No. I, <laughs> no. Okay, tell me how your team's going to win. I don't know. None of them have any rugby experience, so. Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> that's why we did this. No. Uh, but I got speed. I got Tyreek and Justin Jefferson. Just got to get the ball out to the edge. Cool. They're I, gone. I have Jamar Chase. Justin Jefferson's faster than Jamar Chase, dude. Real quick, let's look up 40 times, okay? Uh, Jamar Chase, 40 time, okay? Jamar Chase ran a 4.38, okay? And then... I'm pretty sure Tyreek's faster than him, too. Justin Jefferson ran a 4.43. Oh, shit! (laughs) Okay, so Jamar... Check Tyreek quick. Check it. Well, yeah, (laughs) duh, we're gonna check it. So Tyreek... Yeah, I think Tyreek Hill is faster. 49. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, hey, um, (laughs) Carlin Isles was the fastest player in rugby at Mm. one time. You got to do more than just be fast. I mean, that's really important. I mean, did you see Tyreek Hill pick up that fumble recovery, run it all the way around the edge of the field and run it in for a touchdown? I was going to say try for a second there, but (laughs) yeah, I caught myself. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Um, I got... Jalen Ramsey, Minka Fitzpatrick, Roquan Smith, and Mike Parsons chasing him down and making him wish he never had that ball. <laughs> I do. I am a big fan of Micah Parsons. Oh, he's a cowboy. Uh, <laughs> you didn't think of that, did you? <laughs> I know. As I'm looking, uh, do you know how many Chicago Bears made the Pro Bowl? What? One? Zero. Zero? Cleo Mack plays for the Chargers. Yeah, I know he does. but yeah, No, they suck. I know, so I couldn't pick any of my boys. Mm. You know, I'm not picking a Packer, but yeah, and I see they're selling off their number one pick. So why would we need a number one pick? They got Justin Fields. So right, right. Okay, before we turn this into a football <laughs> podcast, because we could go another two hours on that. Uh, yeah, that vote on these. All right, it'll be mm-hmm. interesting. And ooh, let's have the loser do something. Ooh, okay. Let us know what you want the loser to do. The people listening, not, yeah. not you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let us know what they should do. We'll film it, and then also oh, tell us who's better. There's going to be some bias towards it, too, though, because I guarantee some people are going to want to see me lose, so I have to do something stupid. I know it. You said it, <laughs> not me, brother. But getting back onto rugby, uh, we have a really awesome guest from Wisconsin, Brad Dufek. He has done so many things, uh, really great things for the sport, he was working with NCR. He was over in Connecticut. He was coaching um, some NCAA programs. Now he's back in Wisconsin. They have a really great organization out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great to check in with him. We actually played against him in college. Uh, really good dude. Let's uh, let's check out That's what's fine. happening in Wisconsin. Yeah. Enough of this, None of this football, football stuff. <laughs> Rugby. Rugby. All right, and we are here with Brad Dufek. Brad, how you doing tonight? Hey, boys. Uh, I'm well, thanks. I've been following the show a little bit, so was uh, humbled to get the opportunity to jump on with you. No, we're glad to have you and glad to uh, kind of share your story with our audience because 
you know, it is very Iowa centric and, you know, we're, we're crossing over into Wisconsin state lines. So I don't, I don't know how a few of our people there, we only got a few Wisconsinites. So, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, like Joe Lippert, I think he'd vouch for you. So, <laughs> so yeah, well, I'm, I know you guys like to spend your time here as well. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We love yeah. hanging out in Wisconsin. That was our, probably our favorite time in college were those Wisconsin road trips. Oh yeah. 100%. So do you want to give our could, audience just a, a little background of kind of where you've been, where you're from, who you are, and just quick little summary? Yeah, yeah, of course. So um, so I'm originally from uh, Wisconsin, uh, went to Wisconsin Stout, um, uh, and I just moved back here from Connecticut, where I was for almost the past eight years. Um. So the role that brought me back uh, to the Madison area was the executive director role of Madison United. Um, obviously, they've got that big, beautiful clubhouse sitting mm-hmm. in Cottage Grove, and um, they've got uh, a group of really great people and, and um, have a lot of momentum moving forward. Um, so it was a, a great chance for me to, to jump in and be a part of that. Um, and then I also uh, will continue working with National Collegiate Rugby. Um, I oversee all of our men's division one and two schools. So that's three divisions, um, one, one double A and division two. Nice. And so you brought up Madison United Rugby and then that beautiful clubhouse there in Cottage Grove. Again, that's where, you know, uh, the great Midwest plays there tournaments at the end of the postseason uh the wisconsin rugby pl- club they play there as well don't they yeah yeah they do and uh nine nine other clubs that we have under our under our umbrella wow and so can you tell us what the madison united rugby is and basically what is your role there what are you looking to do to you know help that organization uh how are you going to be spending your time there <clears throat> Uh, yeah. So like I mentioned, you know, MUR exists, um, it kind of brings together, it it used to be 11. Uh, you know, we're actually going to try to revive one of the high school boys clubs. I've got a meeting this week, um, with an athletic director actually. Um, but originally it was 11 member clubs, um, that exist under the umbrella between youth and senior, uh, and collegiate, of course. Um, so uh, really it's our job to to promote and and try to increase participation and help with events and uh, assist with their financial well-being um and really just you know obviously the clubhouse is there now so you know that's that's everybody's home and you know i think there's we've got some work to do to kind of bridge the gap between all the organizations to to work with each other um, because obviously senior can support college and college can support youth. And it's kind of, you know, actually we've got more participation with our flag and middle school programs um, over the past couple of years that, you know, everybody hopes that kids will start playing at age, you know, five or six or eight, and then, you know, play all the way into their adult years. So really that's kind of what we're trying to create is, get the ball in people's hands early and, um, you know, hope that they kind of climb through all the organizations that are part of, of MUR. Wow. That's amazing. You say, you know, like we have a lot of work to do connecting these different levels. And I just think of where we are in Iowa, you're, you're years, miles, like just so far ahead of where we are because, you know, everything's right there and the kids know what the next step is and sharing the clubhouse and getting familiar with the people. I mean, just until recently, we didn't have similar, you know, board members or people working with club and high school and uh, college all together. It was like kids would play high school. They didn't know what was next and they're just done with rugby and everything's so scattered where we have these people, you know, working really hard and they're really great people with great ideas but it's not unified and everyone's kind of going their own way. And it's just kind of, you know, lessening that experience because, you know, you can put all this work into it, but it just kind of goes nowhere because they're not connected. So, I mean, even though it's, it's funny to hear your perspective, like 
we got work to do, but it's like, man, am I jealous of like where you guys are to have that many clubs and to just see kind of what's the next step and it all feeds into itself. And it's probably easier for parents and families to buy in when they see this structure is so supported. Um, so what is that next goal like to connect these or is it just to grow with more teams, more continuing ed for coaches? Um, what's the big to-do list for you? Yeah, well, first, first I'll comment. You, you gave a, a lot of credit to, to Wisconsin and they are doing a great job. I mean, I, I think I joked with you, Ryan, a, a couple of months ago about, I think Iowa being the one place where we're still hearing a lot of positive, positive growth and all the great things you guys are doing at the college level. And, you know, your high school sevens is arguably one of the most, um, I guess, successful things going on in high school rugby too, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. you know, people, people hear a lot about it. And so that's great. Um, but yeah, like there, there's, there's just a lot of, a lot of goals and some are small and some are big. You know, I've been, I've been in the clubhouse almost every day for the last two weeks and, you know, I'll sit at the laptop for a couple hours and, you know, work on some things and write down notes and the list continues to grow and grow and grow, um, you know, as I um, start to identify things. But, you know, like at the end of the day, we want all of our current clubs to be, you know, healthy um, in terms of participation and finances and all of that good stuff. And, and at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is just make Madison like, you know, one of the biggest, hopefully one of the biggest rugby hubs in the U S. So, you know, there's all these things that we've, we've got, a, I mentioned all the great people that are doing the work now, but like, we've just got to create a little more direction. And that comes from, you know, getting committees formed and, and building an organizational chart and, um, you know, creating fundraising platforms. And, you know, we might start a new capital campaign for some, some other things we want to do around the, the complex. And, and, you know, I think once we build that really strong foundation, um, you know, we can start to, to look at some of the other new shiny things that we want to mm-hmm to achieve if that makes sense yeah um you said like trying to make some form of upgrades to the complex because you guys have like one of the better ones that i've ever been to what ones were you or what were you kind of thinking about leaning into to like for improvement wise like was there anything yeah, specific that's, or? that's a great question um so i'll ask you guys if, if, if you have you've been there right yeah. oh yeah a few yep. times yeah is there is there anything you think might be missing a place to sleep when uh, have too many spotted cows. <laughs> yeah, we actually joked about putting a few cots downstairs the other night. Um, <laughs> I mean, compared to no. anything we've seen in the Midwest, I mean, I mean that's like staying at a five star hotel compared to. I mean, like for the wombats, we are using a middle school football field that's been abandoned <laughs> but still owned by a school that we have to beg for, and we have to pick up trash and. Uh, dirty diapers and, and needles and, and rocks and, and we have to mow and like that's our home like so I mean what you guys have it's it's hard to picture like that's why I think Phil asks is how could you make it better because our brains can't comprehend like anything higher than that yeah so believe it or not there is a, a pretty extended like capital improvement list which is great you know like people are around and they see things everything from, you know, unifying patio furniture to um, adding like cement sidewalks. And there's a lot of, a lot of stuff actually happening in back and park, which is where the club is, the clubhouse is located. There's uh, a new bike track going in and there's um, some grass multi-purpose fields being built right across from the main pitch. Uh, that'd be great to use for, you know, warm up space and some other things. Obviously there's a miracle league, field there and the splash pad and all this cool stuff happening um we actually have um a a really generous donation that's on track to 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 land sometime in the next couple of months and i think that we've slotted that to potentially get lights uh up on one or both fields um i guess that's one thing i never thought of is yeah the lights yeah yeah lights right that's one um and there's a few different ways we might go about that but um i think in my eyes how off how awesome would it be and this is you know kind of another big big goal but like you know potentially turfing 
one of those fields and being able to use it more than, you know, six to seven months a year, Mm -hmm. um, would, would be pretty special in my opinion. Um, I think that's a few years out, but, um, a few of those other things will hopefully hopefully happen a little bit sooner. So nice. That's awesome. And thinking too of like, you know, you have this list and there's other people in the organization and then you have every individual club, you know, how does the Madison United rugby, how does it manage like the egos of, you know, coaches and the other, you know, who runs the teams? I mean, do all the presidents of all the club or the coaches, I mean, is there a council? Like, how do you manage all of that? I mean, I'm, it, I've, I've sat through a lot of rugby meetings and, and, they can be chaotic. So it just seems like with that big of a organization spanning across that many, how, how do you guys keep people kind of on the same path? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't dive too far into it because there's still a lot that I have to, to mm-hmm. feel out. Um, you know, what I can say is I do know that some of that does exist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, again, I mentioned before, like all the great people that are there that have worked so hard over the last you know, 12, 13 years to create, you know, what exists today, um, you know, is, is just pretty special. And then like, if you talk about infrastructure, you know, we've got a board of directors with, uh, I believe it's 11 representatives. Um, and then when you talk about the clubs that exist, there's, you know, a youth rep that represents our, our four to five high school programs and our flag program. There's uh, a collegiate rep, there's a senior rep. Um, and then obviously we've got our president, some at large positions um, and a few others that, um, you know, meet fairly frequently. I believe they meet quarterly and mm-hmm. that's the group that hired me and, you know, um, yeah. So, so that's, that's what's there. And then you've got all the people that work in the background to, mm-hmm. keep the building the lights on in the building and look at the grass cut and you know the trash out and i mean there's it's it's pretty unbelievable actually um when you talk about the operation yeah no i'm just trying to like envision that that flow chart i know iowa youth rugby has a a flow chart that they're trying to come up with with uh right now volunteers and people to take on certain roles and just being scattered across the state of Iowa makes it very difficult. And the fact that you guys are just so centrally, centrally located around that clubhouse and creating this space for families and communities. I mean, you said splash pad and I'm just picturing like, you know, there's more reasons to just spend more time there and Mm -hmm. getting familiar and just, Hey, this is a place we go to hang out and there's rugby happening and there's good people. And it's just overwhelming too, to picture that many people. I mean, we have our that many clubs too, and just that one location. It's hard it's enough to run a singular club, let alone eleven under one roof. So I mean, that's just amazing. And and speaking of you know trying to run a club or eleven clubs, you said you also are continuing to work with National Collegiate Rugby. That's something that kind of got us talking again. Um, we've known each other for years, and we talk about coaching. And then with National Collegiate Rugby, we love what is happening. We love this. You know, new take on college rugby and competing for championships and the opportunity opportunities that NCR has created. I know the the sevens tournaments is what really caught my eye a few years ago, and it's continued to grow and grow. And so tons of teams that you have to manage and work with there. How did you get involved with National Collegiate Rugby to pivot from Wisconsin, but now nationally to this organization? Yeah. Yeah. And I I can't take all the credit both with, with MUR and, you know, with our NCR programs. I mean, there's, there's individuals that exist in each of those teams that really do most of the work and I'm just here to, to really support. And and I think that applies to both. Hey, don't be modest. We know you, so we're going to give you all the credit. (laughs) Yeah. Right. 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 Um, no, thanks for that. No. Um, yeah. NCR, like it's, it's obviously a big, big talking point. Um, across the country in a lot of circles and you know over the last three years it's it's emerged as as an organization that has all the right intentions um which mm-hmm. is really why i'm still there um you know it, it, it solely exists to to you know create a legitimate product and and a positive experience for players and coaches and fans and um you know it, it just exists to promote and grow college rugby and there there's no there's nothing else that's 
tricky or secret behind the scenes. I mean, that's, that's really it. And it's got a group of people, you know, it was founded by Steve Cohen and a group of people that just work really, really hard to, mm-hmm. to make that happen. So, you know, I historically was involved with, um, the men's division two, which is obviously where I played and, mm-hmm. you know, where I met you, Ryan and, and, um, you know, used to play against Northern Iowa back, back in the day when I was at stout. Yep. And, uh, and then when I was, on my way out, um, a buddy of mine, Todd Streeter, kind of got me involved with uh, admin a little bit mm. um, in the Wisconsin circle with small colleges and the college clubs. And so I, I sort of worked with Todd in that circle, which extended to working with USA Rugby and the college committees and, you know, particularly with or specifically with division two men, but, um, it expanded a little bit out from there. So did that for a number of years, a little bit of eligibility stuff and competitions and all that. And then, um, obviously when USA was going through their, um, difficult time there, NCR emerged and Todd had asked if I would be interested in doing a similar role with what used to be Enscrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here we are almost three years later, um, trying to work our butts off to get things off the ground quickly. And, you know, we're not, not perfect by any means, but I think we've made some, some pretty good progress. Yeah. And I think too, just the presentation that you guys have on social media and really trying to present these clubs and these players and give them a platform. Um, you know, I think of the, the player from uh michigan ember yeah like i I don't know like i would never have seen her play without and like seeing the social media posts like it's awesome to see like she's got a really bright future and that platform ncr brought it there and you know just like you said in three years the university of northern iowa has benefited so much through this because the sevens when when we were in college sevens no one was talking about it no one cared about it and now to say, right. like, you can compete for a national title. I know the women's team was kind of the first to jump on it for you and I. Then the men's team followed. And then it's like, Iowa High School has a sevens league. This is a perfect transition for our men's and women's programs at you and I. Um, and it's just cool to see that championship because USA Rugby, it was so convoluted how to get involved. And it just, from our point of view, it seemed like USA Rugby really catered towards the Blue Bloods, uh, the pipelines Ooh. to, like, Eagles and – and you and I, you know, we were just forgotten about. And it just is cool to see NCR really makes it a point of small college, D2, uh, D1AA, um, just really giving those teams that platform and and that, you know, the eyeballs. So yeah. it's really cool to see. And then also you guys are, you know, putting these tournaments in MLR stadiums, big stadiums, mm-hmm. you know. And then having the all NCR All-Stars and stuff too. So all these players get different looks. That's also really cool. I love seeing those. Yeah. And so what right. what should people know about NCR that maybe they wouldn't see just following along on social media or watching the YouTube videos? Like what's happening behind the scenes? Like what well, what is it you want people to know as they're, you know, taking this all in? Yeah. Yeah, I mean like like and don't don't get us wrong, like we carried, you know, we carried a few things over from, you know, what existed and what was created with USA rugby and you know, like we kind of kept some of the good things that were in place and, you know, it's, it's on us to improve and, and uh, enhance really like that player experience and what people see, you know, like every dollar that comes in from membership dues, um, you know, and we've got upwards of 600 clubs and, you know, I don't know if it's between 10 and 12,000 players and every dollar that comes in goes back into into the college game and and that's in staffing like myself that's in all that great marketing that you've seen in social media over the last year and a half like this this year we you know we invested in that significantly more and we've got a couple guys in minneapolis that um that are working their butts off to create that great stuff um you know it's our processes it's our events that you name that you mentioned you know like that all costs a lot of money and we, you know, we do have to find different revenue streams and we're hoping that that becomes easier as we start to build a product that people are impressed when they see. And, and, you know, we'll have 
you know, we now have data to show, you know, how many eyes are on it and how many interactions we get. And, you know, that's what ultimately begins to catch people's attention and attract sponsorship and um, just legitimizes college rugby. Definitely. And if you figure out the revenue streams, the new ones, can <laughs> right. you let us know how a podcast can make <laughs> revenue? Um, <laughs> no, all kidding aside. Come on, I mean, come on guys. I heard, I, heard, I heard you got your first big sponsorship. <laughs> Goal pad posts are coming. I mean, eventually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's nothing, you know, that's, that's a pretty big deal, but yeah. no, um, the presentation you have right now though. Yeah. It, it's professional. So I feel like once you get those eyeballs and, and the analytics are so important, but like you said at the start of this, when we started bringing up MCR, I think seeing the goodwill and the intentions mm-hmm. of the people behind it, it feels so good. I mean, not to just shit all over USA Rugby, but to shit on USA Rugby, it just doesn't feel like their best intention is for our college kids or for the people paying their dues, you know? Yeah. And and it just is good to see NCR. It's like you put the athletes first and you can feel it from our point mm. of view. It doesn't feel that way with USA Rugby. It just seems like it serves the top and and then they go bankrupt. And it's it's frustrating as a fan of the sport and you want to see it grow. You want to root for the home organization. But yeah. I think with NCR, it's like you're lighting a fire under their ass where it's like competition can breed some good things. I mean, are you guys feeling some mm. heat from USA Rugby? Yeah, I mean, like, like you know, it's not saying there weren't the right well, I, I guess well-intentioned people at any point in time, I think there's a lot of factors that probably went into, you know, how the college game was treated. And, mm-hmm. you know, even if somebody may have wanted to to give it more, you know, it just wasn't really in the, the model that was built, you know, through X amount of years mm-hmm. at a national level, which is why, you know, we, which is why NSCRO existed, which is why NCR now exists. Um, I completely agree with you when it comes to competition. Like I... I genuinely, genuinely believe that what we are really working to do or what we have really worked to do over the last few years has forced people to try to keep up, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, you know, it's forced us to, to really pay attention to what we're doing strategically and making sure we're making all the right decisions and not saying we do all the time, but, um, you know, you're, you're exactly right. I, I think competition makes people work harder and that mm-hmm. applies to us and other people, you know, USA rugby isn't really uh manage the college game. There's a couple other organizations out there that, that do what we do and, and it's just on us to, to do it better. Um, and, and, you know, stay out of the curve. So of course I, I hope there's more, I hope, I hope there's more because it's, it forces you to think differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And now speaking of USA rugby and everything too, and not saying you guys are trying to poach other teams that come over to NCR, but if you were trying to, you know, talk another team into joining the NCR, what would be like your main talking points or like, what would be your pitch to get a team to come over to the NCR? Yeah, that's fair. Um, You know, like acquisition is a part of, you know, it's no secret, like acquisition is a part of, of what we're trying to do. And, Mm -hmm. And I think that again, that's in any, any business business model right like customer base and and there's a a value to economies of scale which is you know what we've been able to to do for a period of time now um and don't get me wrong we went through a few phases where we were you know having calls and just trying to get the right messaging out so that people actually knew um I guess, I guess you could say the truth, but like really just knew all of what we were trying to do and who's involved and all the specifics. And it, it, at least me personally, I'm, I'm a little past that. Um, mm. You know, like I think we've really got to work hard for the people that have, have chosen to, to be with us up to this point. And like I said, you know, we're, we're not perfect by any means. We've got a lot of work still to do, but like until we are really, you know, kicking, kicking ass for, for the clubs that we have, you know, like that should be enough to catch people's eyes and say, Hey, we want to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, sort of what's been happening over the last couple of years. And, you know, people say, well, Hey, they, they do all these great things and they're highlighting, um, you know, academic all Americans and, and, um, they've got the all-star event, like they've mm-hmm. got a, a, 
fall 15 season and a spring seven season. Like, why aren't we at the CRC? You know, and, and really like, that's how, why social media is so powerful. Like you've got kids who have friends, you know, you got kids at South Carolina who have friends that are playing at LSU and, and all this other thing. And they're like, man, why, like they're doing all these cool things. Why aren't we doing it? Mm. Like, so there's really a, it's a, it's a pretty powerful thing in that sense. And and we just have to keep doing what we're doing and hopefully um, more people will want to do it as well. Yeah. We see it in Iowa where like all the women's teams and then you and I's men are in NCR and then Iowa and Iowa state men aren't there yet. So it is interesting because like we, we see that here where, you know, they get left out of some things and the presentation is so good. And yeah, college kids, they, not that they're vain, but I mean, who doesn't want to see themselves like promoted in that way. And also too, like to feel like for so long, college rugby is looked at as like, Oh, it's just social. It's just club, whatever. I mean, to make it really feel like another one of those sports is huge. And you guys, you guys give that platform. And so thinking of rugby as a whole here, you know, you have a lot of like connections and and you're working with the NCR, you're working with Madison United rugby and you have some influence there. What would you like to see in rugby as a whole? Like if you could just snap your finger and change something, or what would you like to see maybe people unify and work together towards? What do you think would be good for the game or what, what do you want to see in the next few years um, for our country, maybe just for the Midwest or even just for Wisconsin? Yeah, I think um, I think the popular answer, at least lately, um, is like having vast popularity in youth rugby and investment in that space. I mean, I don't think anybody can argue with that answer, and you know everybody's said it for years. And again, it it continues to come to the front of most conversations. It's like all the money we have should be poured, not all, but a a significant chunk should be poured into, to, you know, ages five to 15 or, or, you know, that whatever that range might be. And, Mm -hmm. um, because ultimately it'll, it should trickle up to, you know, more kids playing in high school and more kids playing in college and ultimately more kids on the national team. So, you know, it's, it's that popularity of, of youth rugby nationally and, you know, that applies to men and women and boys and girls. I mean, like you see all these other things happening, you know, especially in Iowa, you see girls wrestling mm-hmm. and you see, you see other sports that are emerging and, and fighting for, um, for fighting for participation. You know, baseball is declining in terms of youth participation and they're finding ways to get more people doing it. Look at, look at the pro bowl today. I mean, you've got, you've got youth, youth girls playing flag football and you've got, the NFL, you know, supporting that movement and pouring money into it. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, that's not great because, you know, I just came from coaching at a, an NCAA women's program in Connecticut and, and that exists to provide opportunity in a contact sport for young women. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so um, without getting too off track, I guess, you know, it's just like really honing in on more people playing younger and, hopefully we get to a place where we're financially resilient and, you know, we're, we've got different revenue streams and there's actually money behind things because, you know, money runs everything. Um, um, and then, yeah, like, I guess the last thing would just be legitimacy in the college space. You know, that's, that's what we're, we're working to do with with the NCR stuff as well. So. Mm -hmm. No, I love it. And I think, yeah, that's so true. Just, got to build the youth because it feeds into everything else exactly. and those 15 year olds are going to be the ones representing the usa when the world cups around here so brad we appreciate your insight and we appreciate you for coming on and and kind of sharing what is going on um definitely would love to check back in with you man because yeah, sure. a lot of a lot of great things happening so thank you for all you're doing for the game man and and again thank you for joining us tonight yeah appreciate it guys i'm sure we'll we'll see each other a bit more now that i'm back in the Midwest. So looking forward to it. Definitely. Have a good one, man. Yeah. Night. All right. And that was Brad Dufek from Wisconsin. I love what he's doing over there. Uh, Excited to see, you know, how things go over this next year. And 
yeah, everything with the NCR. That's really cool. He's doing all that stuff. It's just man of many hats. Yeah. Yeah, that you was get the, a lot of those. <laughs> that was the tagline of the show. We said by episode three, oh, everyone does that. Yeah. If you're involved in rugby, you're probably doing more than just one thing. Yeah. Very exactly. rarely are you like, oh, this is the one thing I do. Yeah. I mean, you know, we get some people on or just, you know, all they do really is play, I guess. But yeah. majority of the people always have their hand in something other than just playing. Right. Know? Right. And that's, I mean, that's huge. And again, his big focus there in Wisconsin, you know, connecting the youth and creating more youth mm-hmm. opportunities, getting the ball in kids' hands who are five years old and up. I mean, that's huge. That's huge for everyone. And I think, too, here in Iowa, we got to find a way to better connect our resources. Mm-hmm. We have so many great people in this state who care about this sport, but a lot of our efforts are going into the void because we're not connected. Mm-hmm. So if there's a way we can connect, because I know, too, like uh, Wickham over in Waverly, they have a great youth program that they're doing and yeah. they're going to Wisconsin to play tournaments with little kids in the flag rugby league. And every single time I try to get something going with the wombats, he'll send me a message like, let's get games set up. Let's, let's do some games. And it's like, we're not there yet. Like my, yeah. our stuff down here, we don't have the coaches. We don't have the parents. We don't have the transportation. Like we're slowly building. It's going to take a little bit, but like he's doing something great. So we need to get that in everybody else's community. Mm-hmm. So this is easier than just like, oh, I heard you're doing something. Let's set it up. Because, you know, if you don't have opponents, it's hard to keep that going mm-hmm. week in, week out. Uh, so I think that's something to really take away from what Brad said. Like, how do we connect the men's clubs? How do we connect? I mean, it's not like we have a D1 club in the heart of Iowa that everyone funnels up to. That's what it feels like for Wisconsin, where they really do almost look at it as like, you know, youth to college to men's clubs yeah. and then other men's clubs you know are doing their own thing you know but what blows my mind too is the whole deal of cottage grove having that many clubs and stuff 11, 11 in one facility mm-hmm. that's crazy yeah There's and like so many teams and, and like that's a paid position he's doing that's yeah. how big this is that's huge you know so good for him good for what they're doing we will definitely have him on again uh, i talked to him off the show uh, we really want to pick his brain with youth rugby because I think that's something in Iowa, you know, we need to focus on and we need to create, keep creating opportunities for our elementary and middle school kids. Mm-hmm. And then that'll just feed into high school, feeds into college. Our college programs are doing great, but just think if we could give colleges even more mm-hmm. talent. That was something Brad said too. He really noticed what we're doing in the sevens league. People notice nationally, people notice our colleges nationally. Think if we fed more into that. Yeah. You know, so I, I think that's the next step. Uh, also, in rugby, Six Nations happen. Mm-hmm. It's it's going on. It's happening it's now. Happening, yeah. uh, I wanted to bring this up a while ago. Everyone was talking about USA Rugby was going to hire Eddie Jones. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> Eddie Jones, he got fired from England. He has a wild coaching career. Well, USA is not going to be on his coaching career anytime soon because he went back to his home country of Australia and in their first game since he's been canned, they lose their opening match to Scotland 23, 29. Yeah. What's the cup or whatever that they have. There's like a cup or whatever between the two teams. I don't remember what it is, but the silly goose cup (laughs) basically. Yeah. (laughs) Sponsored by Grey goose. No, (laughs) no, they were up 13, 12 at halftime. And then Scotland prevailed. There was a sick try that like, did you see that? Like everyone was sharing it where the guy from Scotland, I'm blanking on his name. uh, He just cut through everyone. And he just ran through like eight tackles, zigzagging, Mm. carrying dudes. And it just reminded me of like the quote on those stupid memes of bad Madden plays on Instagram. And it's like, he wanted it more. Like he (laughs) legit wanted it more. And (laughs) that's what ended up being the difference. So Scotland wins 29, 23 over England, Ireland, Everybody predicted was going to beat Wales. They won 34 to 10. Ireland looks to maybe be a favorite. More than likely. And Wales looks to be. I thought Wales was going to do better than that. Eh, Yeah. You you expect something maybe a little bit closer, but. Mm -hmm. But I mean, Ireland is a, what are they ranked number two? They're number two. And they were runner ups, the previous six nations to mm-hmm. France or yeah. And that's so. what I was going to say to next where France is miles ahead of Italy. People always talk about Italy should be relegated and Georgia should yeah. take their spot. 
24 France gets the victory. Italy, you know, uh, they're right there, man. Yeah. Uh, That's a really surprising score, but good for them, though. Shit. Yeah. So interesting stuff. Keep your eyes on Six Nations. If you have a local bar, like go to the bar, get them to put it on TV, get random bystanders to watch this. Uh, I saw a lot of watch parties across the state. Yeah. Make it happen. Get your club together. We need to get the Wombats together. Let's watch some Six Nations. Get Peacock if you can't get a bunch of people to watch it at a bar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Definitely some possibilities there. So. Really cool stuff. And again, Netflix is going to do a docu-series with the Six Nations. But rumor is, a couple of the countries aren't too happy about it because they don't want to pull the curtain back to reveal their secrets. That's so wild to me. It's such a great opportunity to, you know, get a little more mainstream for the sport, you know, in other countries that Stop. it's not as popular. Stop gatekeeping rugby. Yeah. Why do we do this to ourselves where it's like this elitism, this, no, we don't want you. Like, I know with the Wombats, it's not like we're giving away any massive secrets with our club. Uh, it's pretty simple. Make it a place people want to be after work. Mm. Make it a place people want to hang out on the weekend. Get kids involved. That's it. But like at the highest level, I mean, people have livelihoods, you know. Yeah. If you finish not very well in uh, Six Nations, you could lose your job. That's a paycheck. But at the same time, that docuseries could really grow the sport and it could really help out. Um, but yeah, people are looking out for themselves and I, and I get that, but at the same time, please don't ruin this for us. I want to see rugby grow. And I just saw what the docuseries did for F1 racing. Yeah. You can, you just picture like people would latch on to the personalities. People would get involved. People would watch the six nations and then they get excited about the world cup. So bummer. Yeah. But I mean, it's not canceled yet. It's just, there's some roadblocks and there's going to be parameters put on it. I'm sure they can make it a spin somehow, some way on the show. You know? I I hope so. I would assume so, at least. I agree. I agree. So, yeah. Good stuff, man. Yeah. We should do it again sometime. Yeah, real soon. Okay. (laughs) How you feeling? Good, you. 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 Freshly, 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 freshly. Freshly, 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 freshly.